0: Coming up. One of the new Ipswich councillors elected in March was Andrew Fechner. He joins Ipswich Today for a wide-ranging interview about his recent change of career from hospitality to full-time councillor. We'll hear what motivated him to run and his experience during these first few months in the role. It's Monday, August 31, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. In the 160-year history of Ipswich City Council, one of the youngest councillors ever elected is Andrew Fechner. He was one of two councillors under 30 elected in March, the other, Jacob Madsen. Ipswich Today caught up with Councillor Fechner this week, just under five months since being elected to go beyond the seven-second media grab to uncover how much life has changed for this passionate resident and businessman. Andrew Fechner, thanks for speaking with Ipswich Today.
1: My absolute pleasure Alan, Lovely lovely to speak with you this
0: afternoon. Andrew, when you decided to nominate for the Ipswich Youth Advisory Council, which I think is about 10 years ago now, can you remember why you nominated and what your interest in local government was back then?
1: Well, the reason for, for my nomination to the Purdue Advisory Council really stems from a very inspired English teacher I had who, um, who read a, who read an advertisement in the local rag and they thought, you know, this, this might be up your alley. Uh, it took debating um, all throughout my schooling life from grade 8 through 12, so public speaking was something I was no stranger to. And the role itself was one where you had to be an ambassador for the city and really celebrate young people and bring the views of... Of young people of the time, um, you know, t- to the forefront, and it was something that um, council was really inspired by. And uh, and Chiller Island, uh, coincidentally, was was um, the head of uh, was chairing the committee of youth and seniors. So I had a, a lot to do with her back then. But um, a- outside the uh, the belief that my English teacher had in me, I-, I really had no inclination and no idea what I was getting myself into until I was actually there.
0: And while you're on the youth advisory council, what were some of the goals or achievements?
1: Well, being a part of the youth advisory council back in 2010 was uh, it was a very nurturing time uh, for 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 any young person that was prepared to put their hand up. Uh, it was considered to be you know very important. It was endorsed by the whole of council. Uh, you know, we came into the council chambers. It was all very exciting for everyone. But in that, we had little projects that we would do. They would organise for us to have pro- professional development days, whether that be, uh, you know, public speaking or um, that they would uh, we'd go out to um, community events and, and be ambassadors for the city there, and um, just have exposure to uh, some of the some of the um, the community events that the councillors of the time um, were attending as well.
0: I think it's fair to say that younger people. Really, uh, eyes glaze over when you mention local government or politics. How do we get more young people involved in local government?
1: That is the question that goes begging a lot. I've recently been appointed the chair of uh, community, culture, arts, and sport. And uh, in our first meeting um, with a few of the uh, branch managers and the general manager, um, I did bring up this very question saying, you know, how do we get people more involved in local government? And I think it's less of How do we get them involved in local government, and how do we just bring them out into the community? How do we, how do we re-engage with people, um, you know, all across the city? Since um, taking office uh, earlier this year, I've seen community group after community group disbanding, losing hope, losing heart, and a complete lack of the presence of young people on them. And I think that you know a, a lot of a lot of the community groups that currently exist aren't really of particular interest to young people in the way that we. Uh, interact these days is online, smartphones. So I think that we need to, uh, you know, have a look at how we engage with young people, um, not only uh, in terms of local government and the decision-making that happens, uh, you know, in my role, but how do we just get people more interested uh, to get them out there interacting face-to-face in the community? So, uh, you know, a couple, of, a couple of ideas would be just to think outside of the box, uh, help people understand how they can set up meetings between other like-minded people and, and bring that out in, into the real world. Uh, you know, it's one of the days of, uh, you know, people volunteering to, you know, uh, you know put on a sausage sizzle and, and meet up and, and share that camaraderie and giving back to the community. I think it's, it needs to be more uh, focused on people's interests because people are quite uh, reticent to, uh, you know drop something that they're not particularly interested in mm. uh, so ha- how do we focus on very specific items of interest for people to get them out and get them engaging again is it you know e-gaming is that something that you could bring people together uh, to talk about it's about finding new ways of, uh, of interacting with people and it's definitely a question that I'll get to contemplate over the next three and a bit years um, in my role as well.
0: We'll talk more about your committee shortly, but let's go back to the beginning of this year. You announced your intention to run later than most, February 28, I think the date was. Was, this, str- was this strategic on your part, or you just wanted to wait and see who else nominated?
1: Uh, for me, it, it wasn't so much strategy. Uh, it was... Uh, I, I was neither here nor there about um, actually pressing the red button to to announce my candidacy. It's a very difficult thing. It, it's a very confronting thing to put your face out there and, and choose to do it. Uh, but uh, we, we sat on it for a while, um, for a couple of weeks and, you know, started piecing together, you know, a digital presence and saw how that looked, saw how that felt. Um, I, had a, I had a wonderful um, campaign manager and, um he really uh you know his belief in me was kind of the thing that pushed me over the edge to say right you know let's do it and let's do it now so it wasn't really strategy that we were come we were going to come out late um and i think that uh i thought that would hurt me um you know in the long run that i did leave it so late and uh because I did feel such a sense of relief and I became, you know, very proud of, of what I decided to do and I really owned that. And I thought, oh, this would have been really empowering for me to have a couple of months ago to give me a little bit more time. Because at that point, I, I really didn't think that I'd get over the line and um, and, and be one of the, um, the councillors for Division 3.
0: From where I sat, you gathered supporters very quickly, hit the ground running. What were people saying to you during the campaign as you were door knocking?
1: The biggest thing that people said to me during the campaign was how wonderful is it to see that there's someone so young, so passionate about the direction of our city, you know, and, and that's all it was. It was that genuine belief that there was a need for fresh faces um, and I was just celebrated and it was really heartwarming to hear, uh, you know, that sentiment echoed throughout because I thought you know what, at the very least, a young person needs to be involved in the decision-making. You know, Mm. I don't really have a lot of knowledge of how local government works, but I'm prepared to to get in there and I'm prepared to listen and learn and sit back, but actually be a voice at the table that says, is this the right direction we're going in? You know, 27 years old, although although it's not super young, uh, I think that it's still, uh, you know, young enough to encapsulate uh, what it means for us, uh, you know, any anyone under the age of 35, what we want our city to look like in 40 years and how do we achieve that intergenerational equity, you know, economically speaking, environmentally speaking, you know, and, and, just, and just be there and listen and, and be able to, uh, you know, have that support behind me of people who say, you know, at least there's someone there, at least, you know, we've got a voice, a different perspective for once. I'm, I'm an indie, so... Uh, I think that the independence thing uh, was really important for people as well in, in those discussions. Mm. Young, not 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 affiliated with any political party, um, but prepared to get in there and learn. And and I think uh, a big part of the belief and the support that I rallied obviously comes from uh, my my businesses uh, and my family businesses rather in the top of town in Ipswich. It allowed me to effectively do a rever- have a reverse doorknock situation where. I had members of the community, you know, thousands of marks coming through the doors of, you know, our restaurant and cafe, and you could listen to them. And you got and, and I'm the kind of personality that likes to get to know people as well. So you foster that real community, you know, facing uh, presence, and people really love and respect that. So, uh, you know, all, all across the city, people, whether they knew my name or not, you know, I was the guy that was pouring their coffee or pouring their beer, but mm-hmm. decided to listen to them and to take interest in their life. So um, it, it was really, uh, it was quite a shock um, that we had so many supporters behind us. But I think that comes from uh, a place where, uh, you know, I did grow up in the digital age, uh, you know, very much, you know, online, do understand uh, the, the mechanics uh behind Facebook advertising and, and how to reach a lot of people. Yes. I knew that I had made a lot of meaningful connections, but it was about making sure that people could put a name to my face as well. And uh, we did that really effectively. Um, and once word got out there, um, yeah, I mean, my family have worked really, really hard to make sure that we you know, have a successful restaurant. We're coming up five years this year. So that means a lot. And it's a long time to be around in business too, particularly when there's not that many others uh, on the scene as well. So the spotlights on you from the get-go. How
0: are you feeling about your decision to run now that's four and a half months in?
1: Yeah, I, I feel overwhelmingly positive about it. Uh, it has its challenges and there's a steep learning curve for. but I'm not alone. you know seven of the nine brand new to the job, including the mayor. So you know we're, we're all looking around uh, you know a little bit here um, in the headlights at times. Wondering, you know, what the right thing to do is, but I think that the earnestness of this new council is something that people can look favourably upon because, you know, at every turn we are very concerned with how the public feel. You know, what's, you know, what what is the what is the true uh, opinion of those in in our electorate and how do we best represent them? And I think that you know, at times it, it seems like we're not the most polished crew. But at the end of the day, you know that our heart's in the right place and we're all we always seek that community feedback and we always want to do the right thing by our community because that is what local government is. It's about trying to understand what the people who live in your the suburbs within your division feel and think and, and dream about and, and it's about trying to dovetail, you know, those thoughts, dreams and expectations into what we can tangibly achieve for the people in our community. So I, I don't regret it for, for a second and yeah, I'm having a good time.
0: Andrew Fechner, without going through an extensive list, what, what are your top learnings so far since taking office?
1: I'm absolutely loving um, learning about the budget process and how we build that, uh, how we build the capital works program and, and really understanding how we prioritize that across the city. Um, and, and this new council is doing it a little bit differently. We do rely quite heavily on the prioritizations of the organisation. But, for instance, roads. Uh, you know, there, there's so many across the local government area of Ipswich that could do, could use a bit of work, uh, you know, to fix them up, to, to gain better transport corridors. Uh, but there's definitely a priority list uh, that says, you know what are our least safe roads, and and what are the most influential roads in terms of getting people around. So, learning that, learning how we prioritise, and learning that sometimes you have to tell people no, you know, for the greater good, and that's both you know, brilliant, but but extremely difficult, and it's difficult to articulate to people, um, you know, who who come to you and they say, please, my road hasn't been looked at for years and years, and you have to say to them, you know, I'm sorry that's not part of the prioritization, but we can, you know, assess that again for you and and see where it fits in and and try and get some of those answers out to the people. Um, So, you know, building the capital works program um, was extremely fascinating to me. and It was quick the way that we did it, but we get to be more hands-on because we'll start building the budget again later this year. You know, what, what are our top priorities? Where are we spending money? Uh, you know, we're in a difficult financial position like a lot of local governments, you know, at, but also much like the, the people that live in the city, it's it's very uncertain time to live through, you know, with the presence of, you know, COVID-19, um, you know, they're looming and, and all of the questions around mm. that. So, uh, you know, I think that if I, can, if I can point to a few of the big ones, it would be building the budget, learning about the capital works program and learning how we can better communicate that with our constituents as well. is, is extremely fascinating to me because I think that above all else, uh, you know, if you use it as a, a, learning, uh, a learning experience for not just ourselves, but for our community, um, then you're going to get good results in that as well.
0: I spoke recently with your Division Three colleague, Deputy Mayor Councillor Marnie Doyle, and I asked her a similar question I'm about to ask you. That very first meeting, can you recall how you felt on that day?
1: I felt extremely nervous, extremely green in the job, Um, and and it it was just, uh, I'm just trying to think, we we had only had um, a few uh, workshops about meeting procedures and I felt the weight of that learning on me because I'm the kind of person that really wants to do a good job. Um, and knowing that there were lots of people watching and lots of people interested, um, you know, I, I really just wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing and, uh, but also holding true to myself and, and, and just making sure that I was making informed decisions, having read the pack and, and and coming in there. But felt extremely green and extremely nervous.
0: Well, apart from seven of the nine councillors being new, Andrew Fechner, residents are also getting used to two councillors per division. How is that working out for you and Marnie?
1: I feel extremely lucky to have a divisional partner as clever and as passionate as um, as Marnie. She is so wonderful, and the way that we, um, the way that we, you know, weave our work together so that we get good outcomes our division is really interesting I and mean, there's so many opportunities to do it different ways but we we have high visibility over what uh, each other is doing and we get very involved in you know uh, you know how we can you know spread the workload what's you know happening in our division this week so we'll often catch up and we'll say well these are the things I'm dealing with what are the things that you dealing with so we can learn about them but then divide and conquer and you know set up our constituent meetings so that we're using our time effectively but there's no better role model for me than, than Marnie in, in this whole council. She's a professional woman, uh, you know, a corporate law career of 25 years. And, uh, yeah, it, it just just the amount of information and good educational experience as I get from being her divisional partner means that we just work together so well.
0: As of this month, which is August, uh, you're the chair of the new committee, Community, Culture, Arts and Sport. You've already mentioned it. Uh, did you have much competition from other councillors for this particular chair role,
1: um, there was there were no there were no other councillors that contended for to for this particular role as chair.
0: Now, in this first meeting in August, there's been a lot of discussion about the opening of the new library in Nicholas Street. I can sense the excitement is building in the community. When can residents expect the doors to open?
1: We're working towards, and, and we did have this discussion um, in committee this week. We're working towards a November soft opening. Um, and th- these are all ideas that might change over time, uh, because a lot of uh, the conversation that was had between uh, the councillors has, has only recently um, has only recently taken place. But what we can expect, um, if the, if the COVID numbers stay down the way that they are, we can expect a transitional period in November and have a soft opening before Christmas, and then we'll do and then we'll do a proper launch um, at the beginning of two thousand and twenty-one. And that's what we're working towards. But there's lots of logistical things uh, to take into account. Uh, For instance, there are people out there in our community that rely on the use of computers. Uh, And if we have to close one library, if we have to close both of the libraries um, for that transitional period, how do people get access to the internet? How do they go about their day when we're taking that really essential part um, of, of their life away but the the general manager uh, of, uh, of economic development who, who is the general manager that I have uh, lots of conversations with about these things, Ben Pole, um, you know, he's come up with the idea of just keeping people online by making sure they have access to the, to the computers in the old library space um, so that there is no downtime for those people so that they've still got, you know, access to the essentials that you might not be able to go and borrow a book or you know, participate in um, a- any community meetings there, but uh, it should only be a-, a three to four week changeover period, um, and we're just gunning for that November date um, at-, at this stage.
0: Well, that's good to hear about access to uh, the computers because there was talk the library was closing for two weeks in October, so that's been revised?
1: Yeah, that, that they're current, we're currently in discussions now because we know that there is a community need uh, for us to, to offer the bare essentials so people can get on with their life. We, we can't expect them you know to get on a train or a bus and you know and and, and go elsewhere to to another you know library within mm. within Ipswich um, so as to make that transition as smooth as possible we're working through a few of those issues that, that you are inevitably going to run into when you have to open a new library and take all of the resources uh, you know from from one place to another
0: your family has a high profile and successful business in the top of town have you had any significant issues dealing with potential conflicts, especially with the myriad of policies and legislation around dealing with conflicts of interest?
1: Yeah, we have wonderful advisors uh, here at the Ipswich City Council. So uh, we we had about three or four workshops before the meeting. Uh, you know, you know, delving into the specifics of how you deal with you know conflicts of interest. Mine is material I can I can stand to, you know, gain or, or lose. Uh, from from my business interests at the top of the town, um, but it's the new approach to conflicts of interest is just to be open and honest about it. Anything that you can think of, just raise it. You know, you know, socialise the idea with your colleagues, with the professionals that know how to deal with this, um, and you can always and you can always manage it out. So um, I'm really well advised on that front, um, and I've just been very proactive and open about you know you know what i do in the community a conflict of interest isn't a bad thing it means that you've got interests and and that you're that you are out there in the community so managing them um, has been really easy thanks to the support that i have here at
0: council since becoming councillor andrew fechner there has been one significant out of left field issue i can think of and that is COVID. are there any other surprises you've had to deal with in this four and a half months
1: COVID really has to take the cake for all of us because it changes what we do on the weekly. Uh, the scare two Thursdays ago, um, really it, it was a, there was a real sense of panic in the community because it was the first time, uh, you know, that it was right there at our doorstep and, you know, all eyes on, you know, how is the state government dealing with this? You know, what, what are we doing to, to, uh, to support our, you know, people? What are we doing? Um, to make sure that we have safe working environments, you know, to, to keep everything ticking. So I think that, you know, the way that life changes around COVID, there, there's, there is no bigger issue that we face right now than just that. I mean, you know, you have to cancel some of your community meetings. You have to rethink, you know, what, what you're actually doing and, and make sure that you're always COVID safe and following the health
0: directives. And finally, what do you hope to achieve in the next four years, and in particular, any areas you want to focus on?
1: Over the next four years, um, I I think I just want to get a real sense of what it means to be um, a representative for your community. Um, There is a real sense uh, of responsibility that comes with this role, but it's trying to work out how you know I bring meaning to the role and, and what changes you know I'm looking to make. I'm very excited to be. Chair of uh, Community, Culture, Arts and Sport, and I think that a lot of time that I spend, uh, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, how I improve the community, it's really going to be centered around how do we get people out and interacting and talking to each other. You know, what regionally significant events um, are we putting on to make sure that we maintain a a real sense of, you know, community, Um, and how do we lift, you know, Ipswich and position, them, uh, position ourselves to be the jewel of Southeast Queensland, that it is.
0: Councillor Andrew Fechner, really appreciate your time today and thanks again for joining Ipswich Today. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Alan. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Suggestions are welcome for future interviews and topics. Just go to the Ipswich Today website or Facebook page and leave a message. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode, or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.